friends and welcome to the secret podcast where we challenge reality question that which we've been taught and hope to inspire a new direction of thought to bring about change i'm your host dennis nappy the second with service of change at serviceofchange.com where you can read my ebook i am human and we are not who we think we are just by subscribing to the secret newsletter a lot of good stuff comes to your inbox each week to include the secret podcast but you'll get exclusive access to read that uh, small little essay. It's only 29 pages that will uh, really inspire some thought. If you're enjoying the podcast, you'll definitely enjoy the book. I highly recommend that you check it out. I'll be pulling from it today as well, talking a little bit about it because it's relevant What I, uh, with what I want to be talking about, which is basically the nature of good and evil. What is it? What's going on with it? What's the point of it in this crazy existence that we call life that we have going on. I took the week off last week from the podcast just because it was the Thanksgiving holiday. We were traveling. Uh, we had a lot going on. We we actually had to attend a funeral, which I'm not going to say too much about, but uh, definitely very sad. And, you know, in, in studying the things that I study and I guess having the perspective that I have, you know, just this stuff all goes through my head, you know, when, when someone on this earth dies and everybody is, is really sad about it. Are there, you know, those archons that are feeding off of our energy out there? Um, you know, it it really makes me think because there is so much sadness in this world and I don't want to start this podcast off talking about sad stuff and doom and gloom, but that, you know, that kind of thought inspired part of this podcast as well, you know, is, is the, world really all that bad are we really prisoners in this world and uh, and being fed off of it is there anything that we can can do about it um you know i i aim to to figure that out or on the flip side you know if there is something we can do about it what happens when we die is it are we destined to not know or is that a part of this system that has left us in a state of ignorance where since we don't know, we're afraid and we're sad. But what if in reality, when someone passes, it's a joyous event because it's just a continuation on to the next phase. And it's more like a see you in a little bit when I get there. You know, they say uh, some research is showing that really we time exists in this dimension, in this reality. But once we pass, there is no concept of time. So maybe once we pass, it won't seem like anything at all. And we'll see every... You know, everyone we've ever loved and cared about, I, I don't know, but I think it's an important question to try to explore and try to understand, especially because death is inevitable and it's something that we're all going to experience at some point in our lives. So uh, again, some of the research I've come across says, suggests that 
there's a great lie that's been told and, and it you know the truth has been kept from us about what happens to us when we pass on so i think having a greater understanding of what happens when we pass helps shed that fear and that sadness when we lose somebody uh, i don't have the answers but these are things that i'm striving to try to understand uh you know i'm not the fact that people say i'm not meant to know isn't good enough for me i i, I want to know uh and you know and that kind of segues into to what i want to talk about today i'm going to give a quote from from the matrix which again i think is just such a an eye-opening movie it gets really gets your brain going in a certain direction on this topic it's the scene where neo first meets morpheus and morpheus says to him i know exactly what you mean let me tell you why you're here you're here because you know something, which you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong with this world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Neo responds, the Matrix. But that, that dialogue right there gives me the chills every time I read it because that explains my life. There's something wrong with this world. And the, the, I love that metaphor or that simile, a splinter in your mind driving you mad. You know, um, my mother calls it her itch. There's something there that you just, you don't know what it is. And if you've ever seen the movie Close Encounters, Steven Spielberg's film, uh, late 70s, early 80s, Richard Dreyfus has a, a UFO experience. <clears throat> and as a part of that experience, they implanted a, a thought in his head. And the point of the thought was to get him to go to this, this specific location so he could have physical contact with these beings, uh, you know, and meet them and learn with them. So they kind of gave him a roadmap, but he didn't know what this, they didn't just say, here's your map, go there. He had to figure out what was in his head. He just had an image in his head and he didn't understand. So it starts out, you know, he wakes up in the morning and he's looking at his pillow and the corner of his pillow, you know, kind of looks like a mountain, but he doesn't understand it's a mountain. He starts touching the pillow, doesn't understand it. Later at dinner, he starts serving mashed potatoes, and then it clicks again. Oh, this seems familiar. And he starts piling mashed potatoes on his plate, and he's so lost in what he's doing, he starts trying to shape these mashed potatoes because that figure means something. And his family's staring at him like he's some kind of lunatic. Eventually, he realizes it's a mountain, and he dumps tons and tons of mud into his home and he recreates it a 3d model of this mountain in his living room while he's watching tv um obviously his wife thinks he's mad and he's gone insane and she takes the kids and runs out of the house but he really wasn't he had something in his head that told him hey there's something going on i know something i just have to find the way to unlock what it is that i know and and i think so many of us out there have that quest that drive that understanding that there's something in my head that I, I don't know what it is but I need to figure this out you know and that's what what I am human is about this book that I wrote you know and this actually started and I, and I talk about where this came from in 2009 I was up one night I couldn't sleep because I was having that moment these thoughts were in my head what is it what's going on what's our reality who are we and I, I it was driving me insane and I wrote this essay that I titled I am human and this book, I Am Human, explains the essay, and the essay is attached at the end of it. But this essay was so powerful to me. You know, I wrote this essay, and then I spent that entire summer turning it into a movie, which I'm getting ready to re-release. I got I to gotta clean it up a little bit. But I spent that entire summer 
making a movie explaining this essay so I could get a visual understanding and further explore the power of this essay that came, I say, through my intuition. It was a very powerful um, realization of the world and of everything that I talk about on this show. Uh, So I spent the entire summer putting this movie together, got the whole thing done, getting ready to finalize it, and my computer froze and erased everything. It was gone. And this, I'm talking probably at least 100 hours worth of work, worth of filming, worth of editing, everything. But I was so driven, like Richard Dreyfus dumping that dirt into his living room. I sat back at my computer and I recreated the entire film. I went through and I did it completely again, seamlessly, because I, re- I knew it so well. I remembered every shot, every every edit, every fade. Um, I, I did it again because it, that, that drive, that understanding, you know, and... and and I, I put it up there on YouTube, got, I don't know, not a lot of views on it, but that wasn't the point to get a ton of views. It was for me to understand this, and then it inspired, you know, this book. So uh, th- there's just so much I want to say about it, but, you know, it's that drive that we have as truth seekers. So, uh, again, if you are if you are a truth seeker, if you do have this feeling, again, number one, I encourage you to read this book and then read it again. Uh, you know, if you don't want to go through the online version, you can get it. It's like five bucks. Uh, you know, through my website, servicechange.com slash bookstore. But that's not the point of this. I'm not trying to sell books right now. Um, I, I want to talk about, as a part of this essay, an understanding I came to, you know, on, on page three of my book, um, I talked about good and evil. And I said, with this understanding, my concept of good and evil changed. To a chicken, we must, we must seem like horrible, devilish ghouls. But to the family dog, we must seem like loving, caring members of the pack. This was, you know, and, and I go in and explain a little bit more about that. But... That has bothered me a lot in this quest that we're on, on so many levels. Um, what is good and what is evil? You know, I consider myself a, a decent guy, um, but I eat meat and I feel so guilty about it, but that's a whole other topic. Maybe I'll get into it today if I have the time. I do. I feel guilty every time that I eat. Um, but to the chicken, we must seem like these most horrible creatures in the world. But to my family dog, who I treat very well and, and care for and play with and feed every day, you know, they look at me like the head of the pack, like daddy, like this this great guy, you know. So what am I? Am I this evil creature or am I this loving pet owner? You know, it's, um, I mean, I even have pet chickens, you know. So to them, I feed them, I take care of them, I let them out, but I'll go inside and I'll eat chicken that we bought at the grocery store for dinner. So am I evil? Am I good? I, I mean, this, this challenges me. Uh, and, and I, I think it's important to understand because our, we like to cut things, you know, black and white, good and evil. That's a bad person. That's a good person, you know, but can good things come out of bad events? Absolutely. I'll talk about that in a minute too. You know, and I'm reading a book by a man, uh, written by a man by the name of, uh, Paul Rademacher and, um, fascinating guy, uh, you know, and this book is, is powerful. And I got this book, I guess, two or three years ago. And I just, I, I put it down after my dad died and I haven't been able to pick it back up. And this is one of those things where it's like, you know, <clears throat> the reason why I haven't been able to pick it up and read it is because I wasn't ready for it. And now that I am, I picked it up the other day and it just <clears throat> resonated so strongly with me where he's talking about in one of his set chapters, I'm about a little bit less than halfway through it. Um, knowing good and evil. He's talking about the Garden of Eden and the fall of man. And 
and he says, you know, the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil is, is what they ate from. You know, a lot of times we think it was the apple that they ate, but there's no mention of an apple. It was the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What is that? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's exactly what I'm talking about. What is good and evil? He said, maybe the fruit was exactly what it says it was, the knowledge of good and evil. Those words can't be an accident, yet we treat them as if they were. We fill in every alternative we can think of while dismissing the one that's most obvious. The fruit is the result of our judging of the world, dividing it up into good and evil. If that's the case, then eating the fruit wasn't a matter of disobedience, but a matter of perception. It represents our internal compulsion for dividing everything into two categories, one that we accept and one that we reject. And a little bit later on, he says, to judge good and evil is to split a world that is in that is one into two parts. The good guys and the bad guys, the truth and the lie, the sacred and the profane, the divine and the human, the spiritual and the mundane. Each of these pairs forms a whole. However, in rejecting one side of the polarity, we partake of duality. And we must often suffer the consequences of the imbalance we've created. <clears throat> I'm always saying, I'm a Libra, so in my life, I'm always trying to find balance. But I'm always saying we need to find a better balance in this world. But what is it to find balance? To find balance is to find wholeness, is to find oneness. So by singling out the evil and trying to pull that out of our lives, is that then is that then going to create an imbalance of good? You know, maybe, maybe we have too much evil in this world. And I, and I, I think I can make that argument and maybe we need to have less of it, but what is it? You know, they say that God is oneness, God is wholeness. And that's, I, I said it before. I hate the term God. I really do because I think that it's been so polluted and so corrupted. And, and so the, the understanding of God that I was given as a child, when I grew up through my, you know, Catholic training and, and, you know, through what, just what I was taught was that God was this, this being. And I pictured him as a man, a Godhead man who, who sat up there and judged everything. He created everything, but he judged everything and he held all the power. And I pictured this creature that looked a lot like me that sat up there and just passed judgment on everything. Um, and I think that's really a, a poor concept, a poor description of what actually is out there. Again, I don't know for sure the answers, but based on what I've read and based on what I've experienced, I don't think that's the case. And I think that when you think about, uh, look, I like to use, I think he's more of a creative force or creative energy in the world. Chi uh, or ki or prana, that life force that's in everything. And I really think that, uh, you know, the movie Star Wars presents a really good example of what that, that you call it the force, but what God actually is. It's that creative energy that flows through everything. Now, I'm not saying that because I think that might be the, a close representation of what we call God. Uh, you know, I'm going to be able to levitate people like Darth Vader. But I think it's a better understanding of that universal energy that flows through everything as opposed to a judgmental man who sits up in heaven. That sounds more like a human being or a human creation. And, you know, we've talked about on the show systems of control, and I think that that's more what that is. But if we think of this this energy, this this eternal energy, and I want to call it a loving energy, but if you look at the nature of the universe that we live in, at least our perception of it and what we're able to see and understand – it's dualistic. There's this beautiful side to it, this loving, 
caring, nurturing force. But then there's this horrible, awful, evil, dark side to it. And, you know, and I talk about this when I explore death, uh, you know, in my shows, how there's parasites and suffering and these horrible things. But it's, it's all coming from the same force. So does that make God evil? Does that make God good? Does that make God insane? Um, I don't think God is what we perceive him to be, I guess is my, my overall point. So when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, was that a good thing? Did they see everything as oneness, everything as a whole? And then by eating of that fruit, now they see things in a dualistic nature. I mean, we have man and woman. I can't remember the researcher who, who said it, but there's... Um, one of the New Age authors, I think, talks about how man was split into two halves, male and female, to have that sense of insecurity and incompleteness. So, um, you know, we view the world in that dualistic nature, and, and I think that sometimes maybe we need to take that step back. Easier said than done, um, that not everything is cut and dry, not everything is good, and not everything is evil. You know, and that makes me think about the concept of the yin and yang in, in uh, you know, in Chinese philosophy, Chinese spirituality. Uh, and I know the Aztec culture has a similar concept with blue and red. Um, you know, but if you think of the yin yang, that's a more popular symbol. It's a perfect sphere divided into two equal parts, black and white. And within the each, within the white half, there's a smaller black circle. Within the black half, there's a smaller white circle. So that dualistic nature is are our two halves of a greater whole. Uh, you know, and again, I, I made the, the reference that we think about some of the negative things that happen in this world, but there's positivity that comes out of it. You know, even if that positivity doesn't benefit, you know, the, the victim, so to speak, that chicken that was slaughtered now allows a young child who was starving to eat and survive a little bit longer. You know, so... I still don't agree with that system at all, but th there's there's good and bad to, to each side. So maybe we need to try to readjust our focus between good and evil and understand, well, is this a larger piece of the whole? With that being said, I still think that this system has been hijacked and the balance is tipped where there's more negativity than positivity right now. I don't think we have a balance, you know, and I wonder sometimes, are we here to learn? If we're here to learn, can we learn without conflict? If I was never cold, would I have a desire to create fire or to create a blanket? Um, probably not. So is conflict a good thing? Is that e what we say is evil? It drives us to do things, but it can be so bad. It can, it can show us such sadness and hatred. Um, so again, we need, I'm all over the place, but we need to come back to this creative force. What is this God? What is this? You know, this this creature that we say that's out there that creates everything, maybe it's trying to learn. And the only way you can learn something is through challenge and conflict. <clears throat> you can't just pick up a book. I mean, you can, but, you know, I find that through experience, you, you learn a little bit more. And even in picking up a book, trying to learn, it's creating that conflict in you. Um, you know, so maybe this force is trying to learn about emotion, about love, about hatred, I, I don't know, but it's it's something to think about. Uh, you know, I hope this wasn't too dry of a talk today, but, you know, it's something that's just resonating with me now, understanding the concept of good and evil. What is good? What is evil? Is it two sides of the same coin? You, you know, uh, I know I focus a lot on this show on trying to understand the dark because 
um, I think it's important to understand both sides of that coin. Uh, and again, a great place to start is with I am human and we are not who we think we are. Um, you know, understand those two sides, understand who we are, because then we can better understand how this universe works and how we can better resonate with it. And so I think until we do that, we're going to get stuck in this same cycle of um, something bad happened. Let me feel sad. Okay, time will heal that wound until the next issue happens. Let's move past that. Let's understand the cycles in there and let's find that balance in our lives and in the world around us and let us begin to heal. Uh, I think that's very important for us to do. So that's that's all the time that I have today for this episode. I thank you so much for listening. Please, 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 please like and share it. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoyed any of the podcasts, please put it up on your social media feeds and direct your friends to sign up for this uh, for the secret newsletter and read I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are because Food for the Archons, I'm working on it right now. It's such a powerful, powerful book. Um, you know, so many days I get caught in the normal routine. I take a step back and think about the research that I'm doing and realize there is so much more out there. There's so much more to us uh, than we realize. I've got good research out there talking about just the power of humanity uh, and what we're capable of. And this is going to be a really big book. So uh, please, you know, drive your friends to sign up for the secret newsletter. They won't regret it, I promise. Um, you know, I think it's an important book to read for the truth seekers out there. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I'm Dennis Nappy the second with Service of Change. This has been another episode of the Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that, be that change, never stop questioning, and keep an open mind. Thank you. Truth Seekers.